Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes, please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF, who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic, and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies, and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex, and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me, expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you, and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must, so take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay, hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here, and now let's dive into today's topic. Good morning. (laughs) I'm saying good morning because it is the morning for me. I am here in my office. I'm drinking my morning tea. I've just had my second breakfast and uh, I'm feeling great today. I've been sick for a week and finally my energy levels are returning. I'm feeling creative and I'm so excited to record this podcast episode for you today. Um, It's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And it's one of the reasons why I started my business. It's one of the reasons why I make the effort to create this podcast because it's just so important. We need to fucking talk about sex. (laughs) We're a society that's in one way completely obsessed with sex, but in a kind of distorted way, right? Because we don't talk about it. We don't learn about it. We don't process our experiences We don't digest um, experiences. We don't see and think about sex as as this kind of like growth uh, experience. Like there's oftentimes not a growth mindset to sex. Um, We think sex dies as you get older. And maybe that's the case for many people, but it's absolutely not uh, normal just because it's common. And I would say a lot of these problems that we're seeing and experiencing with sex has a lot to do with the fact that we simply don't talk about it, which is strange, right? Because sex is such a core experience in in humanity, in the human experience, sex, sexuality, eroticism, sensuality, intimacy, All of those things are so key, so essential to feel vibrant, radiant, happy, fulfilled, to uh, 
ensure that romantic relationships survive, uh, to help us feel sexy and beautiful and alive, like really alive, not just like surviving, not just moving through life, you know, hamster wheeling it, hating it, dragging our feet, you know, but when we feel like, mm, <laughs> fuck yes, I'm gonna seize this day, I'm gonna <laughs> go out there, I feel amazing, I feel amazing from within, it is an experience inside of me that I just simply can't contain. It's an energy within me that is so big. It's beyond me. It, it radiates beyond the borders of my body, your skin, and it's, it's palpable and it's tangible and it's fucking amazing. That's sexuality, right? And all of the things that are related to sexuality, like I mentioned, sensuality, intimacy, eroticism, desires, pleasure, orgasms, but we don't talk about it. And if we talk about it, we talk about it may maybe with a few friends where we feel we can talk about a certain area of sexuality. We rarely venture out into territory that is very taboo or where we have problems or where we need help or support. And also, of course, there's a limitation to it because if we talk about sex, it also means that we kind of out our partner and maybe we don't want to do that to our friends uh, and we don't, um, you know, trust that there's enough confidentiality and non-judgmental acceptance and sex positivity. So we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about sex with our parents well, actually, let's reverse that. Our parents don't talk about sex with us. If you're lucky to live in a country, in a, in a culture where there's sex ed in schools, oftentimes it's focused on like ABC, abstinence. Um, holy fuck, I should remember what this acronym is for. I written a, a bachelor thesis on it but it was 10 years ago. <laughs> I was not on the topic of um, ABC, but I, uh, I was actually in Zambia and I did a field study interviewing nurses at a rural, very rural hospital uh, who were working with um, sexual health and HIV prevention and uh, sexual health information. Again, talking about sex, full circle. <laughs> All right, even, even in my old nursing days, when I uh, studied to become a nurse, when I worked as a nurse, I always wanted to experiment, explore, dive into, unpack, and talk about sexuality. Obviously, it's always been an interest of mine and also a very big pain point, as many of you know. But yeah, so if, if you have sex ed in school, it's usually about abstinence, it's about protection, it's about STDs, it's about all of the dangers, it's about all of the consequences it may lead to, it's about the fears, it's about how you can experience oftentimes you know, negative uh, consequences. So be wary, be careful and all of those things. It's not about, hey, here are the nine different orgasms you can experience. This is how you stimulate your clitoris. This is how you uh, give a hand job. This is how you do testicle massage. Did you know that anal pleasure is amazing, both for uh, the male body and the female body? That's not what they talk about in school, <laughs> right? And so what happens? Well, since no one's talking about this, but it's one of the most important things in life, people, young people, all kinds of people, regardless of age, 
go out and seek the information on their own. And oftentimes that information is tunnel visioned kind of information. You get down into a rabbit hole and you kind of stay there. It's not comprehensive enough. For example, porn. I'm not against porn. I'm not anti-porn. I watch porn. I think porn can be healthy and can be a very important and appreciated and exciting ingredient in your sexuality, solo and partnered. It's not that porn is bad. It's what kind of porn? How is it produced? How is it consumed? Who is it for? What's the intention? And that's a whole episode (laughs) in and of itself, right? But so we know there are problems with porn, especially mainstream porn, if that's the only sexual education that you consume, it's very one-sided, it's very 2D, let's say, right? And um, in terms of perspective, it's very male-focused and male pleasure prioritizing. And it's also very performative and fake because it's literally acting. Um, but you can find good porn where people are really enjoying themselves and then you know, you look at them and you're like, oh yeah, she's having a great time. I want to do that too. Or, oh yeah, they are, or he is, or whatever, you know. And also what happens is, if you have any issues, any problems, any blockages, you tend to internalize them and internalize the reason for why you're experiencing them and you think, ah, Surely something must be wrong with me. The problem is within me because everyone else is having great sex, amazing orgasms. They come here and there all over the place. They're horny. They're wet. Um, They don't have these problems I have. Surely something must be wrong with me. And then you feel ashamed. And then you feel super isolated. And then uh, you kind of lose hope and implode into hopelessness or... You feel paralyzed in a kind of inability to take action because where the fuck are you going to find the information? No one fucking talks about it. That's how I felt for a decade plus with my orgasm issues, with my pleasure issues, with my blockages around being able to um, masturbate and self-pleasure. And when I stumbled upon the teacher, uh, Leila Martin, who was my very first teacher in sexuality, and she was talking about these things, it was a massive revelation for me. And it it felt like a huge burden was released from my shoulders, from my heart, and this heaviness inside where I felt like I was so alone and broken. I was like, thank fucking goddess. There is someone who has information, education, knowledge, and solutions to some of the problems I have, and I'm not feeling so alone. So that's why I talk about sex every day, every damn day. (laughs) I could talk about sex forever. I also like having sex, and, um, and I have sex often, three to five times per week. So you're listening to me speaking about sex from a place of really having done the work, embodied the work, still continuing to do the work because in no way is my sexuality perfect or free from issues or complications or um, tension or conflict with my husband at times and mismatched and desires and triggers and all of the things. But I'm doing the work and I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it (laughs) from before when I was afraid to share about my problems and I didn't speak about my issues and my uh, sexual kind of trauma for 10 years. I didn't tell a fucking soul. Now I'm telling the whole world, literally 7 billion people can listen to me talking about this now. It's in a way very liberating 
but I've also done a lot of internal work around releasing shame around talking about this. So yeah, let me take a sip of my tea. <laughs> I'm talking too much. <laughs> my mouth is dry. Can you hear that I'm excited? Like, can you hear the, the, the kind of passion in my voice? Because this really lights me up. It's so important. Many years ago, I listened to a TED talk or TEDx talk. I wish I, can rem I could remember the name of the woman who, um, who held the talk. But she said she was talking about the topic of sexuality, specifically in the Middle East and the specific problems that people in the Middle East and the Middle Eastern culture experience with and around sexuality. And she said, it's interesting. Uh, everybody talks about football, but no one plays it. No one talks about sex, but everyone has it. Such an interesting paradox. The things that truly matter to us, that can make or break a relationship, make or break your relationship with, with, with and within yourself, are the th very thing that we are most afraid to talk about. Also, uh, I'm an ambassador for Lilo Toys, the sex toy company Lilo, and here in, in Sweden. It's an international sex toy company, but I work with them here in Sweden. And they recently did a big study in Sweden. I think there were about 4,500 um, participants in a survey that they did where they asked questions about masturbation habits and they asked the participants in the in the in the survey if their parents talked to them about sex when they grew up and the the answer was no basically maybe a few yes maybe a few maybe but the big answer was no then they asked who would you have most appreciated being taught about sex from now did i say that right <laughs> like from from which source from which authority would you have most appreciated hearing about sex from? School, parents, other. And the majority answered parents. Interesting, right? In our modern day Western culture, we, we place a lot of emphasis on the school system to talk about sex. And in all honesty, in modern Western society, we place a lot of emphasis on institutions to raise our kids, which is pretty fucked up. <laughs> because we're too busy working, because we're too busy achieving and stuff and becoming successful and showing off our fancy lives instead of actually slowing the fuck down and raising our children and being present with them. But again, that's a whole other topic, but I'm just, you know, I'm feeling outspoken today. So I'm going to say the things that are, that are on my mind. But especially when it comes to sex, it's like, that's, that's the responsibility of the school system, of um, educators, of teachers, also of peers. Peers, raising peers is very unsuccessful, is very inefficient. Um, sorry, that was me just slapping my leg. Um, and it's also, it sets kids up for failure because peers don't have the information, they don't have the maturity to teach about sex. Sure, they can inspire each other, that's great. It's great that kids these days uh, talk more about sex, are more open to have sex and feel like there's more sex positivity and around pleasure, but they cannot teach each other around it. Also, one thing that is really important to know is that oftentimes when schools start teaching about sexuality, it's too late because the kids are already um, in puberty and they are too sensitive to this information. 
it gets too embarrassing, they can't process it, they're too full of hormones, they're too fucking horny, <laughs> and they can't really process it in a way. We need to start teaching kids about sexuality and pleasure and the body way sooner. I would say start teaching your kids about pleasure when they're toddlers. Give them language to make sense of their experiences. Does that feel good? Does that feel pleasurable? Does it feel nice when you stroke your skin like that? Kids play with their genitals all the time. Teach your kids the proper name for genitals. It's not down there. It's vulva. It's vagina. <laughs> it's penis. It's foreskin. It's testicles. Perineum. Anus. Teach kids the right words without shame and they'll be like, yeah, that's my penis. Yeah, that's my knee. Yeah, that's my elbow. Yeah, that's my butt. Yeah, that's my anus. That's my testicle. That's my vulva. My vulva hurts. My vulva stings, right? Words matter. And so when we, when we, this topic of talking about sex, it begins in childhood. And as a parent, it begins within you to make peace with sex, right? To release your shame, to do your inner work so that you don't pass on your shame and your fears and your embarrassment around sex and the body to your kids. If you can't say vulva and penis without feeling awkward or disgusted, uh, or like experiencing a contraction in your throat, then you can't teach your kids to feel good about their body parts because you're not feeling good about yours. And kids pick up on that stuff, right? I'm not saying you should masturbate in front of your kids to show them that you're sex positive. Absolutely not. That would be totally inappropriate. But it's a vibe, right? It's a transmission of being able to say and speak about things without feeling shame. How do you reach that point? Well, practice. Stand in front of the mirror and say vulva a hundred times, or penis, or testicles, or vagina, or period, menstruation, poop, anus. Any word that you feel, mm, I feel a constriction around that. It feels awkward. I feel embarrassed. So there's that. And if you're feeling like, oh my god, yes, fuck yes, but how do I do this? I would highly recommend that you check out an amazing Instagram account called Sex Positive Families. I think it's Sex Positive underscore families, but if you just search, search Sex Positive Families, it will pop up. They have amazing resources um, for parents on how to talk to kids about sex and create and cultivate this sex positivity in families that is age appropriate and, um, and kind of sustainable, right? So you don't have like one conversation and then, oh, thank God I did it. And your palms are sweaty and you're like, your mouth is dry and your heart is beating and your kid is so uncomfortable and so overwhelmed. And they're like, what the fuck? And then no one talks about it ever again. You had the talk. <laughs> no, that's not the way to do it. So there's that piece. But as adults, you know, I'm asking you, obviously you can't respond now, but when was the last time you had an open, honest conversation about sex, pleasure, and orgasms with anyone? If you're in a long-term relationship, when was the last time you had a really open, honest conversation, a vulnerable conversation about sexuality with your partner? And that can include uh, thoughts and feelings about the sex you're having, thoughts and feelings about the sex you'd like to have, thoughts and feelings about fantasies and desires, um, thoughts and feelings about monogamy, negotiating monogamy or non-monogamy, for example, thoughts and feelings about 
intimacy, emotional intimacy, that also has a lot to do with um, your ability to feel horny and um, sexually desiring of your of your partner, attracted to your partner. It's not just the body, right? We're not just attracted to body parts and genitals. We're attracted to drive and energy and emotional intimacy, vulnerability, deep conversations. Some like after eight years in a long-term relationship now and in a marriage, sometimes my pussy is the wettest when we've had a really, really deep, raw conversation. Then I just want to jump my husband and, and fuck him, right? Because the heart connection is so deep. And sometimes it's like, oh, look at your ass, babe. You know. So when was, when was the last time you talked about these things? Do you ever? One of the things my clients tell me and people in my courses tell me very often, they say, I've never told anyone about this. I've never talked about this before. I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only one. They also say, sorry, TMI, <laughs> too much information. I'm like, bitch, what? There is no such thing as TMI in, in this container, right? Because people will be like, oh, sorry, that's too detailed. And, you know, and I'm like, no, that's exactly what you're here for. We're here to talk about the details around sex, around your feelings around, uh, uh, towards your body, around your experience and current knowledge uh, with your body, how it works, how it responds, the reactions, your pleasure, lack of pleasure, orgasms, lack of orgasms, etc., etc. All of it. I, I wish we could change this. My vision is not that we sit around the family table and talk about our last orgasm experience or masturbation, masturbation session. I'm not going to sit at the dinner table when my son is eight and ask him, uh, you know, specific questions about his body. Or when he's 13, I'm not going to ask him if, you know, how often he masturbates. No, there is a time and place for everything. Again, age and situation appropriate conversations but I wish that we as a culture had more of an openness around sex so that it didn't feel so shameful or dirty or strange or or inappropriate to talk about things um, at all right I wish there was also a place so with my with my clients and with my um, course participants one of the things that people love 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 is to actually have the, the space to celebrate their pleasure. Oh my God, I had the best sex yesterday. He fucked my brains out. We were in this position. My, my pussy was gushing. I was coming all over the place. And then did you know what he do or didn't? Then she did this or then he did that. And it was just beautiful. It was the best sex ever. And I had that kind of sex in a year and I'm so happy. Imagine if you could go to work and tell your coworkers that or call your friends or have a space where you could talk about that. How liberating and amazing would that feel? I know how liberating and amazing it feels because I get to have those conversations on the daily, again, with clients or in my courses, in my um, course communities. And I know how healing it is, how empowering it is, how like sex positivity affirming it is. So we both need to talk about the problems that we carry and that we have and experience. And we also need to celebrate the wins and the breakthroughs and the pleasure and the amazingness and the horniness and how you felt turned on by some random person that you met in the street and you're like, oh, I just wanted to jump that person. Instead, I went home and I fucked my partner or I went home and I used that inspiration in my masturbation, right? Talking about these things, using the words, using the language, saying pussy, cock, wet, cum, semen, sperm, 
vagina, cervix, womb, ovaries, testicles, anus, prostate, G-spot, saying those words. Because also what happens is when we don't talk about this and we never use those words and we also have, you know, there's almost also an epidemic of non-masturbation, especially in the female um, population. What happens is that this very important part of our body and human experience, it becomes kind of invisible. And there is science confirming that when we don't think about areas of the body, when we don't go there with the mind, the sensitivity in the nervous system and the, like the I don't know if it's the sensitivity or the reactivity, the, the speed at which the neurons like fire and activate, but also the sensitivity to them. I'm not exactly sure on like the detail, like you know, scientific explanation of things, uh, how, how it actually works. But I, but I know and I've read research that states that when we don't use or think of a body part for a very long time, it goes, it, it shuts down a little, like it goes a little bit numb. So if you don't say these words down there, this is non-specific, like, ooh, this basement that like, don't go there. Or you use silly words, almost like, you know, embarrassing silly words like fanny or in Swedish, fifi. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> That's not the word for an adult woman's sexual body parts and genitals. And if you're currently saying these things, I'm not blaming you. I'm not shaming you. I'm saying update that. You will feel so much more empowered. You'll feel so much stronger in your sexuality, in your embodiment as a woman. And if you're a man or have a male body, you know, in your, in your manhood and in your, in your sense of self, regardless of gender, when you can actually speak the names of your body. Imagine if you couldn't say feet and you went to, you went to buy new shoes and you felt embarrassed just thinking about your feet. You felt shame inside your body that prickling warm sensation in your chest and a knot in your belly, a constriction in your throat and your mouth is dry and you're just wanting to run away and you can't keep eye, to eye contact and you're, oh, you're feeling so awkward just thinking about your feet and knowing that, oh my God, I have to say feet. I'll just say down there. I need, uh, I need, new, I need new things for the down there. So ineffective. <laughs> So, so complicated. If you can't say vulva or pussy, and you know, pussy is a, a loaded word. I know a lot of people don't like the, the word pussy. I like it. I think there is a powerful kind of like reclamation to it. It's also a really good word because there is no other word to date that I know of that refers to all of the sexual parts and pieces of the, of the female genitalia because vulva is the external Vagina is the internal, so if you're like, if you want to speak about all of it, pussy is a great word, it's all of it. If you can't say those words, you're missing out. <laughs> Tea break. <laughs> Let me catch my breath and water myself, like hydrate myself. Um, it's it's um, rooibos tea, so it's not dehydrating. I'm off the caffeine for a big chunk of time now. Can't handle it. Not good for me. So talking about sex. Life-changing. It can indeed be life-changing to talk about it. And so, uh, your homework <laughs> uh, for this week or for the foreseeable future 
is to start talking about it. Um, find a person whom you trust, could be your partner. If you're in a long-term relationship, I would recommend you start there. Talk about sex. And the way to do that is to actually first ask permission, ask for consent. Don't just barge in there and, you know, penetrate them with your conversation, right? A little bit of foreplay. <laughs> so asking them, hey, love, speaking from an eye perspective, I've noticed that we never talk about sex. And I listened to this podcast from Erica. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And she recommended and that I talk about sex. And she says it's important to talk about sex for all these different reasons. And I agree. And I thought it could really benefit us if we talked a little bit more about sexuality in a like positive and like lighthearted way. Would you like to do that sometime? Would that be okay with you? And see what your partner says. And then that's it. That's all you do for the first. Like that's the first. That's the initiation. That's the opening of the door. You don't have to walk through it right away. And then you can schedule a time and place when you talk about it. And talk about, you know, see where you feel you want to start. I think I should record another podcast episode where I... Uh, share information on actually how to structure conversations, vulnerable conversations around sex, because we don't have, I don't have that prepped right now. And I would like to share that with you um, in a more organized and detailed way than if I just wing it now. But that's a good place to start. Another great place to start is to same, same way, initiate it, say, hey, love, this is a situation we never talk about sex, but we have it or we don't have it, whatever, but I would love to talk about it a little bit more. And my suggestion is that after we have sex, we talk a little bit about how it was and how we experienced it, if there was anything that we really particularly loved or would have done differently. And, um, and yeah, kind of just have a little recap after sex. Would you be okay with that? And wait for the answer and, uh, and see. So you start having conversations about sex outside of the bedroom, and then you can bring it into the bedroom also then. For example, after sex, you share, how was that for you? What did you experience? What did you learn? Would you like to do that again? Would you do it differently? How did I suck your cock? How did you eat my pussy? When you penetrate me like that, it felt amazing. What if you did that angle for longer and and I could just, you know, again, it's about kind of infusing a sense of growth mindset to sex where the in the act of sex, you're in it, you're having it, you're not meant to think too much, but just be surrendered and present in your body with your sensations, with your partner, with the eroticism, with the fantasies, whatever it is that you're doing. But Outside of the sexual situation, you can talk about sex and feel like there's a lot of room for improvement and growth and exploration, which is so fun and it can keep a sexual vibrancy alive in long-term relationships. Lastly, um, I feel like that's all I wanted to say about this topic. We might come back to it in different episodes. I hope this was um, thought-provoking for you. The last thing I wanna say is that in my programs, well, I've said it many times, actually. We do this a lot in our programs. And especially in my new upcoming program, uh, Slut Academy, that is launching in, at the end of September. And it, it will begin in mid-October. As the name suggests, it's about being slutty. It's about really opening up or really liberating yourself. Really creating a lot of spaciousness and acceptance for sex positivity and freedom of expression, creativity, creativity, sexual creativity, sensual creativity, erotic creativity, right? 
And you're, if you're like, what, what is that? <laughs> Join the program and you'll see, bitch. <laughs> it's going to fucking blow your mind. The content will blow your mind very much, maybe even more important so. The conversations that we'll have around sex and all of these things are going to really open you up, really blow your mind, really blow your pussy, really take your level of comfort and safety and embodiment and confidence and enjoyment and ownership of all of these things to a whole new level. You're going to become a whole new woman, trust me. There is absolutely no fucking way that doing Slut Academy won't radically change how you perceive yourself as a woman, how you see yourself as a woman, how you express yourself as a woman, and especially a woman, a sexual woman, right? A slutty woman, a bona fide slut, a certified slut, because in Slut Academy, <laughs> when you've completed the program, when you've completed all the practices, you actually become a certified slut. Yes, I'll send you a certificate that you're a certified slut. Pretty fucking rad, don't you say? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. So let this sink in, everything that I've shared today about sex, about talking about it. I probably um, shocked you a few times with dropping a lot of <laughs> F-bombs and P-bombs and um, yeah. A lot of words that we normally don't use, that we're not used to hearing. I feel literally zero shame talking about this. Actually, sorry, I'm just going to keep going here. <laughs> but I was actually out drinking wine with a friend a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we started talking about sex and fantasies. And my friend was like, holy fuck. You know, <laughs> I could see that my friend was literally shocked. Like, how do you say those words? I thought I was open-minded, but like, you're, you're shocking me, Erica. And I said, you know what? I talk about sex every day, all the time. Like, this is like talking about brushing my teeth. That's how normal it is and feels to me. And I do want to say, talking about sex at this like depth and to this extension that I do, probably you're not ever going to do, right? But even if you talk more about sex with your partner in life, people, friends, you join my course, whatever, it's not going to take away the mystery around sex. That's a myth. That's a misconception. The mystery doesn't go away. The mystery deepens. Because when you talk about sex and fantasies and eroticism with your partner or start exploring it within yourself, you notice that it's fucking bottomless. Like it's endless. And the more you know about your partner the more you realize that you don't know and they can actually become a mystery to you again, which is actually really fucking sexy and attractive. So oftentimes um, sexual desire dies in a relationship because we think we know our partner, because we see them through the same lens every day, because we have absolutely completely non-sexualized them and made them into this like, you know, there's in Swedish it's called statist. Like they just exist in your life. Like in a the movie, they're the people that are just like there, right? Instead of seeing your partner as this like mystery with lots of stuff that you don't know about them, you don't know what your partner fantasizes about. They don't know what you fantasize about, but starting to peel off those layers can actually revive a, uh, a lot of desire and attraction in a long-term relationship, and that's fucking worth <laughs> the discomfort, right? 
the initial discomfort that you might experience when you feel, oh my God, are we going to talk about this? But that sense of like rawness and vulnerability and openness and honesty with a partner, it will turn you on. Maybe it'll make you a little bit jealous. Ooh, maybe that turns you on. (laughs) Maybe you realize that your partner actually looks at other people. Maybe that makes you feel like, ooh, I have to kind of work for this. Maybe I have to wear some sexy underwear. It makes you feel maybe a little bit like you don't own your partner and your partner doesn't own you. And that's way more sexy than we're glued together till death do us part. And there's zero mystery and zero adventure available in this space. So there's that. But yeah, zero shame. Zero shame. I feel zero shame talking about this. The last thing that I want to say is in the very beginning when I started my business, Well, when I started my Instagram account, I think it was back in 2018, I was so afraid that people would read my work, my parents, my in-laws. I was like, oh, I felt shame at that point, really stepping out into the world. I think anyone who starts any business venture, entrepreneurship, when you start talking about your stuff, you're afraid and you're, you're fearful how it's going to be received. But I was like, I was, I was feeling that plus I'm talking about sex and pussy and penises and cocks and orgasms and all of that stuff. And so I did a lot of internal work around just processing that, sitting with the discomfort, feeling the feelings, naming them, journaling around them and coming to my own conclusion and to, and to, and to my own truth that this is important to me. This is normal to talk about. I choose this. I deliberately choose to talk about this and I speak about this with intention like my own, like I'm coming from a specific intentional place around all of this. So, so worked through all that stuff. And now I feel just completely non-phased talking about any about this. Um, I don't think my mother does, (laughs) but hey, that's her. (laughs) It's important to, to have a distinction between what is mine, what is yours, right? So other people's shame, other people's shame belongs to them, not me. I've done my internal work. I know where I stand. I know my truth, right? The interesting thing is now 2022, I'm actually more afraid that people won't hear me, that people won't listen to me, that my Instagram account will get shut down because obviously the meta company, they have really shitty rules and laws around sexuality. They censor stuff. I get shadow banned all the time. I get penalized in how my um, in how the algorithm shares and shows my work because I talk about sexuality, and so it's interesting in a few years how it's completely flipped, right, to the to the opposite of first being afraid and fearful around people actually hearing me talking about sex, and now it's the other way around, which is exactly why I started this podcast. Also, well, it's not exactly only because of that, but it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast because. Here's freedom of expression um, and no one will shut me down. So don't put me in the corner. Don't shut me down. I'll just scream louder. Pussy, penis, cock, orgasm. (laughs) Yes, I love to provoke. (laughs) Okay, that is it for today. Sit with this, feel into it, listen to it again. Um, Homework, talk to someone about sex. Next step, join one of my programs. Slot Academy. <laughs> no, you don't have to. But join the waitlist if you're interested in the program. You get lots of sexy bonuses and a discount if you're on the waitlist when the program opens for enrollment in a few weeks. Again, it's going to be fucking epic. 
and just creating the program and writing the content for the program. Now, the last few days I've been sitting with it has made me so horny. I've been fucking my partner so good and I've had the best orgasms the last three days. (laughs) And I wish that for you as well. So have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you. We'll talk to you. I'll be in your ear next week again with a new episode. As always, be brave, be courageous, talk about sex. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.